Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat, cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Leo Effects. Today I am joined by a very special guest. Uh, we did an interview way back when, in yesteryear, when I was doing Breaking the Fourth Wall, but since we've... Uh, kind of started this show out and done the Leo effects, I decided it'd be a good time to bring him back. He's a pretty close friend of mine. I mean, we, we've done some stuff together, and we'll get to that in the interview, but uh, please allow me to introduce Mr. Kennedy Phillips. How are you, sir? Greetings, Acolytes, and hey, Ray, how's it going? Absolutely fantastic. What a way to close out the nights talking to a friend of mine that, you know, we got some good <laughs> stuff to talk about. Yeah, uh, things have been very different since we last spoke. <laughs> that is to say the least. <laughs> um, but first, you know, let's let's kind of get it out there. You know, you said greetings, acolytes. What is it that you feel you, you've done or that you might be known for? Well, uh, I know by far the thing that I'm probably most known for right now is a, uh, a little YouTube pilot that came out a couple of months ago in October uh, called Has Been Hotel. Uh, mm -hmm. I was the uh, head of sound design on that project, as well as the companion series pilot, uh, Hell of a Boss. Uh, Has, uh, Has Been Hotel is about, essentially, a Disney princess trying to rehabilitate sinners in hell. And it's a musical. Uh, <laughs> it got a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of unreal praise and a lot of attention. It's currently sitting at, I think, 23 million views as of me saying this. Oh, is that um, all? <laughs> and Hell of a Boss is about a uh, the immediate murder professionals, or IMP, uh, populated by a bunch of imps who go to the surface world and kill humans uh, under uh, at the behest of uh, sinners in hell who want to get revenge and get even. Uh, it's voiced by the impeccable Brandon Rogers and uh, so many other voice actors. Like, I know... Uh, Richard Horvitz plays a character in that who played as Invader Zim in the, well, Invader Zim. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like stuff that I, I would love to be most known for is uh, my audio drama, Magus Elgar. Uh, think of it as a uh, delightful audio blend between uh, Terry Pratchett's Discworld and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. 
It really is. It, it's a fantastic show. I I haven't made it all the way through yet, but from what I have heard, it's absolutely phenomenal, and I love it. Well, you can listen to the whole series now on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's available wherever audiobooks are sold and wherever pods are cast. You can awesome. listen to the whole series. We've got about 11 episodes of our first season. Uh, I am I am trying to work on a bunch of other things. Like we've got an animate we've got a couple of animated shorts online mm-hmm. uh, that you can go check out on YouTube um, with all of the original cast from the show. Um, I'm working on trying to see if we can try and get this off the ground as an animated series, and I'm also working on trying to develop a, a second season. But it's an expensive venture, so it's don't expect it anytime soon. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's pretty fair. I would like to see that as well for it to become an animated, uh, even a full length like cartoon series would be amazing for Magus uh, Elgar. That's the hope. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. What what got you started in all this? Like, what made you wake up and say, "Oh, you know what? I want to be a, a sound designer." Well, funny enough, um, I had always wanted to be in film. Uh, I always wanted to make movies. Uh, I always tell the story of. Back in the yesteryear, when I was a wee child of about five years old, my parents came up to me and said, Child, what do you wish to use? Uh, what do you, what function do you wish to provide in your old age once you finally get capable enough to be a productive member of society? I looked at television, I looked at the television, pointed at it, and, uh, said, I want to do that. At the time, it was an episode of uh, Jim Henson's Muppet Babies or something like that. I'm not sure. (laughs) I I can't remember the exact thing. I do remember that at one point I had a brief stint where I wanted to be a taxi driver and my parents looked at each other with concern. (laughs) But generally, I I, I pointed at Nickelodeon and I I wanted to go into making... I wanted to make make shows. Um, I had always been trying to focus on doing that. I I got like a, a crummy little video camera uh, when I turned like nine or ten, and I made animated, sh- uh, not animated. I made uh, little shorts, mostly featuring my dog, and they were exactly as terrible as a ten-year-old with a video camera would be. <laughs> nice. But when I got to college and started. Uh, developing my skills as a post-production specialist in editing and the like, I ended up finding that I had an affinity for sound design. A lot of people actually suggested that I was better at sound design than I was at editing, which was saying a lot because uh, when I first started editing in college, I was awful. And it (laughs) it took a lot of schooling for me to finally get to the level that I got. Oh, all right. And, uh... Learning sound design on the side, I ended up uh, taking that to heart. But making making an audio drama, um, I had made some silly audio drama stories uh, while I was at college just for the heck of it. Uh, they were bad, but <laughs> when I graduated and started trying to find work, I, I could not get a stable job anywhere. Um, I, I worked with uh, DreamWorks TV for a while. I worked with, um, I worked on hundreds of shorts. Uh, all over the place. And I always would run into a lot of jobs where the director didn't know what he was doing or the company didn't know what they were doing. And I've, I've had my paycheck. Uh, I've had somebody run off with my paycheck on multiple occasions. Oh, wow. And it was rough. At one point I started getting really discouraged about that, that maybe I didn't have 
the wherewithal to be a capable filmmaker. Maybe I wasn't capable enough or maybe I wasn't talented enough or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had a, a couple of periods where I just didn't know if it was worth continuing the struggle because oh, wow. working in film, it's, it's not a, it's not a stable job. Mm-hmm. You're, you're lucky to have employment at the end of the week, every week, um, let alone the month or a year. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so eventually I told myself, you know what? I, I've saved up a lot of money. I want to prove to myself that I'm capable of making something big. Okay. All right. So I sat down and I started writing my own idea of what I would do if I made a fantasy series, which a lot of that was me unpacking the nature of being a creative individual where you have all these ideas, you have all this energy in you that you want to get out and share with the world, but you're really not sure if it's a good idea or how going about it is, is the right way. Or even if people will like it. Yeah, been there. Um, <laughs> turns out people liked it. I mean, you liked it. Right. I did <laughs> and do. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, good. so it's I'm, good. So apparently I can write, I can direct, I can do all of those things because we ended up getting nominated uh, Best Original Work by the Audio Publishers Association last year. Uh, we got nominated for uh, Best Writing, Best Sound Design by the Audioverse Awards. Wow, that's um, that's impressive. And some of our voice actors went on to do some really big things like uh, Sandra Espinoza, who plays as the eccentric Kaylee Fawn. Uh, right now, she's playing as one of the lead actresses in uh, Jello Apocalypse's Epithet Erased, which is a uh, series on Verve. I highly recommend it. It's, it's got a really delightfully quirky sense of humor. <laughs> nice. Um, and I know um, Brian Stavali has been doing a lot of stuff, like doing voices for uh, Batman and Venom in various app uh, various games mm-hmm. um and kellen goff has exploded he plays his uh wizard quaff in our show uh he was playing overhaul in my hero academia uh, yeah among other yeah. things he also plays as freddie fosbear in five nights at freddy's if you're familiar with that one uh, yeah i am that's that's great that's amazing yeah he, he told me about that like the day we started recording and i kind of look at him i go my Am I supposed to pay you more now? I've... <laughs> I don't, I don't are, know are what we, this is, means. Are we allowed to still keep doing this? He's like, yeah, no, cool. Yeah, like, he's such a great guy to work with. <laughs> that would be. That would be so, so much fun. So I guess my, my question that's kind of been plaguing me, I guess, is what exactly does a sound designer do? So whenever you uh, see a movie, um, a lot of the stuff that a sound designer does is something you're probably not going to pay attention to. Um, when they're recording all of the stuff with the actors talking and, and going about doing stuff, or in Marvel's case, watching a, a giant portal appear in the sky as they shoot lasers at it, um, the, the sound effects, all the things that you hear going on, don't actually happen in that moment. Like when people make visual effects or... Uh, when people are just running across the street or everything like that, the, the microphones are not picking that stuff up. So it's the sound designer's job to put that stuff into the movie. Uh-huh. I um, see. In, a, in, a, uh, in an audio drama uh, scenario, though, uh, the sound designer is essentially the cinematographer. 
because they're building that visual space that you're conceptualizing in your head. When you close your eyes, the sound designer has like sound effects playing in the backgrounds and ambiences and other things like that to help you submerge yourself gotcha. in the world. Wow. Okay. I, I never really thought about that. You're, you're absolutely right. You just kind of watch the movie. You don't think that there's a team or a person actually putting those sound effects in into the movie. I never really thought about it. I mean, there's there's a, a lot of jobs that go in behind it. You've got your Foley artists who record in a studio and make up the noises that you end up hearing. You've got your sound designer who takes those sounds, syncs it up to the visuals, or even builds completely new sounds from a library or from the Foley put together. Uh, there's the mixer, which places the sound somewhere in the... Uh, the space where you hear it. So like if you uh, if you hear something behind you when you're watching a movie, chances are a sound mix, uh, a, a mixer, a, a final mixer uh, helped put that there. Ah, okay. Now I'm following you. And there's uh, dialogue editors where um, a lot of times when you're recording on set, uh, the scenes are not recorded all at the same time. You know, they have to do 12-hour shoots throughout the day and get all the different angles to do the scene over and over again. And the dialogue editor massages those scenes together to make it sound like it's all coming from one singular instance. Huh. When they do a bad job, it's really noticeable. <laughs> well, probably noticeable to someone that's, you know, got a discerning ear. Most people probably don't even hear it. Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> uh, what bad movies, uh, You'll hear like a definitive pop between shots or something, or like the sudden change in uh, background noise, oh, or room okay. tone as we call it. <laughs> All right. Do you have a particular genre that you like to do, or do you kind of just do everything? Well, I do really enjoy working on animations, if you'd call that a genre. I, I love stuff that's high concept. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I fall pretty easily into fantasy and sci-fi uh, genres because they, they always have very interesting um, acoustic landscape, acoustic soundscapes for oh. you to uh, play around with. Um, but there are some that I, I stretch out that are a very unique kind of fun. Like I've always wanted to work on a, ho a horror movie. Oh, that um, would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> Because horror, doing the sound design for that is particularly unique because you're not trying to create a sound that people aren't paying attention to. You want to try and develop a sound space that makes them uncomfortable mm -hmm. and, unple and feel unpleasant. Because usually with soundscapes, you want them to feel like charged when somebody's firing a weapon or uh, excited when you hear like a blasts going on in the background or exhilarated when people are flinging spells across one uh the the way in duels or some kind but for horror you want them to feel that pressure one of my favorite examples of this is um do you ever see the movie paranormal activity yeah i recommend that if you ever see that first one that you watch it either in a movie theater or with a really good sound system and the reason why is because what the sound designer does in that movie is not with the sound effects, but with what you don't hear. 
there okay. whenever the presence the entity in the movie comes out and starts uh making its way into the room you don't hear it coming but you feel it and the reason why is because uh the sound designer uh takes the lfe or the, the low subwoofer like vibration and brings it up to 11 and you <laughs> feel your entire chest shake when that thing is in the room and you suddenly feel incredibly uncomfortable, but you don't know why. And that perfectly emulates what that entity is doing in the room. I love stuff like that. That's awesome. Never even thought about it. <laughs> That's crazy. You'd be surprised huh. how like sound, some sound effects, they, they leave a lasting impact on, on a person. Even if you don't really think about it, you probably have a, a favorite sound, something you love to listen to. Like, have you have you ever watched a movie and said, like, that is one of my favorite sounds, like the sound of a lightsaber or the yeah. sound of yeah. uh, the Enterprise going to warp? Yeah, that's one. That's definitely one of my favorites. <laughs> what? What's? What, give, give me a favorite of yours. Uh, well, you named two of them. Definitely that iconic lightsaber sound. Just. I don't know. The first time I ever heard that, it just kind of stuck with me forever. I love that sound. And the uh, engines powering up on a starship. I mean, it doesn't even matter what movie it is. You know, Dark Matter is a TV show, but still. Firefly, Star Trek, all of them. Just hearing the, the whir of the engines powering up is just, I don't know. It's amazing to me. It's Honestly, a- like one of my favorite sounds is... A very complex one. Uh, have you ever heard of a movie called Sunshine? I have not. So Sunshine is a is a brilliant sci-fi movie about the sun is slowly dying and they're sending a vessel called the Icarus uh, to the sun to drop a stellar bomb inside of it and restart it. Mm. Now during this journey, they uh, like it sounds ridiculous. It sounds silly, but like they they take it very seriously. Right. Up until like the last 15 minutes or so. But the uh, there is a moment where the Icarus 1, the, the ship that left beforehand uh, and failed on their mission, sent out a signal. I've got the signal right here. I actually have it as my text tone. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's one of my favorite sounds. That was a different sound, but you get the idea. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's mournful, but it's, it's complex and it sounds like something that comes off so far in the distance. Right. And that you're not even sure if it's something human. It just sounds like a, almost a stellar phenomenon wisping in the background. Yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking, like space noise, but it, it sounded like some sort of distress call or something like at the, at the same time that that's really wild. That's cool. Man, so kind of going around and and I want to discuss uh, your um, a question for voice acting with you. Uh, is there a particular like style of voice that you like to use or tone that you like to use? Uh, something that I really enjoy. Um, I, I I'm really not a fan of that that stunted, halted kind of like let someone speak, wait. And let the other person speak. 
I usually prefer something a little bit faster, something more akin to like the the snappier days of the old uh, old audio dramas of yore. Um, a lot of animations have been uh, picking up on this kind of speed. Like uh, most recently, um, DC Comics had a TV series. Uh, it was a, it's a comedy series uh, called Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where it's focusing on Harley Quinn, but the way that way everybody speaks. It almost reminds you of like uh, of South Park or Archer, where just everyone's on top of each other. There's like oh, no okay. space for them to talk, and they're just like da 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 da. Okay. And I, I love right. that kind of thing because you can get these characters to really play up their voices and have a lot of fun with it, while also like the banter they can play off of each other's energy. I see. All right, that's pretty cool. And that's sort of what I try to emulate in Magus Elgar, where like the characters. They're coming back and forth. They're not quite as fast as Harley Quinn, but like the characters, they 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 already know what they're going to say once the the next person says their line. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's that's definitely an interesting little thing to note. I'm gonna have to uh, pay attention to that when listening to that later. Um, but we got a couple more things I want to touch on real quick, and we're you know if you can believe it, we're already moving right along through the show time. Um, oh man. <laughs> so one of the I'm sorry I talk too much. Nope, nope. That's nothing to apologize for. The first thing that I want to bring up is actually something that uh, a couple other people are going to be going to as well and I want to draw a lot of attention to it, but you're going to be a- attending a convention here very soon, correct? That's right. Uh Jaysamon's uh I think it was called Culture Expo. Yeah, yeah, Pop, Culture Expo. Pop Culture Expo, I believe, is what it was, and that's in uh, Victorville. Yeah, it's just about less than an hour north of Los Angeles, so uh, if you happen to be interested in going, uh, that is this Saturday, February 8th, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. If you are somebody that has uh, sound sensitivity or, or just are not really a huge fan of crowds, there is a soft opening an hour early where everything's a lot quieter and and gives you the chance to enjoy this in a much more uh, peaceable environment. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend going. Uh, I'm going to be there along with uh, one of my voice actors for the production. So if you're a fan of Hasbin Hotel or even Megas Elgar, why not come over there? And uh, You can probably pick up a poster from us. But there's going to be other voice actors there. Um, if I recall, Sam Quasman's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I saw on the the flyer and the postings on Facebook. That's uh, that, that's going to be good fun, and you know you're going to be there uh, behind the table signing autographs. I assume, right? I hope so. I mean, I don't know if I'm important enough, but you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it if if people want me to. That's 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 cool. I'd get your autograph. I'd get it on a hat. <laughs> so the other thing I want to talk about is more of a shameless plug and kind of a official announcement of sorts since the two of us are here um we have been collaborating on something do you want to tell the listeners what we've been working on i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) no no it's um so yeah uh so one big thing about myself and and ray over here is that i am an absolute sucker for role-playing games um, I've been running, I've been running games since about 2004, uh, as a DM for like hundreds of systems. And the, uh, the, the only problem is that I've never actually gotten many opportunities to be a player in a game. 
I actually use a lot of my role-playing stuff to practice voice acting, to practice writing, and to practice performances and unpack some ideas that I have that I don't really have the confidence to throw into an audio drama or a cartoon or whatever. But um, Ray here is working on a live play podcast of a Starfinder campaign. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes, yes. And Starfinder, for anybody that you know may be unfamiliar, is very much in the, the scope of Dungeons & Dragons, but more in, in outer space. Sp- <laughs> exactly. Sorry, and... I preempted you there, but you know... The... No, I liked it. It's D&D in space. So. It, it is, it is. And uh, we actually have a great cast put together, and they are captained by Kennedy and his super amazing character. Um, I, I won't take the privilege away of saying who that is. I'll let Kennedy say that, but they, they all Jurbo have... <laughs> At least if I remember that right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's all improv, so everything that you hear on there is just the the four players just going at it and having a good time. And um, it's it's turned out really great so far, and you can definitely be looking for a release uh, probably here soon. Um, we're still banking up some episodes. But yeah, I don't do you want to take a moment to kind of talk about your character a little bit? Um, I could do a little bit about it. So um, I, t- I definitely uh, pinched the the very premise of the character from uh, Hondo from uh, Star Wars Clone Wars and Rebels, who is this uh, very charismatic uh, snake oil salesman mercenary type individual who is a absolute scoundrel who is just as likely to backstab you as he is to strike up a deal with you. I'm playing as a uh I'm playing as a captain who is working for a candy corporation as he's trying to make his way to start his own candy company and hopefully one day be the king of the confectionaries among other things. The problem is, is that the first ship we get our hands on is, is not not exactly up to code. But we shall overcome, we shall find the best things to work with and hopefully nobody will die. But of course, that last one's always a caveat when you're dealing with the gaping and yawning endless void that is space. <laughs> so true. I mean, I can guarantee that nobody will die within the first five episodes. I mean, we got to build up a story somewhere, so. <laughs> well, I mean, spoilers. <laughs> well, we got to get. You just sucked all of the, all of the uh, danger out of those first few episodes. Oh, you don't no. know if I'm going to end up uh, getting somebody killed through sheer blind confidence. <laughs> this, this is absolutely true. Um, you know, I'm not going to drop any super huge spoilers on it, but there were some very close calls in uh, the first two. So, you know, you definitely got to check it out. The voices are great, you know, and Kennedy's there just belting it out. And he is the best and worst captain I've ever heard in my life. So <laughs> <laughs> kudos on that. <laughs> um, But yeah, so you you just you're kind of all over the place. You do uh, a couple sound effects for that game as well, which is just highly, highly entertaining. So Listeners got to check that out too. Um, <laughs> but uh, so kind of 
bringing things around to a close, I, I got to ask, is there any kind of social medias and stuff that the listeners can follow along and see what you're up to? Actually, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Magus Serling, uh, M-A-G-U-S-S-E-R-L-I-N-G. Uh, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can go to kennedyphillips.org to see my reel of all my stuff. If you want to happen to need a sound person for anything, or if you just want to say hello, um, you can go to maguselgar.com to get a copy of Magus Elgar, wherever pods are cast. And, uh, I actually do show up on other shows from time to time. Most notably one that we finished recently was, um, Ashley Nicole's spectacular series called Honeycast which is a live stream uh, podcast on YouTube. Uh, she just went off season, but we've done, uh, we, we have a lot of has-been hotel voice actors come in and take requests, and I pop in on occasion to talk about sound design or just be an idiot. <laughs> uh, we just recently finished a uh, charity stream for the Australian wildfires, and we made $30,000 to wow. uh, donate to the wild to the wildfire relief fund. That's great. That is so It awesome. was spectacular. Yeah. On occasion I have like written skits and and make jokes and other things like that that we play on them. Like I believe I only appear in like 3 episodes of Honeycast, but um we're planning on trying to collaborate more in the future cuz uh I know Ashley and uh Michael Kovacs who are both uh the main hosts of the show are planning to move down to los angeles oh wow that that'd be neat yeah uh, they just got they just got like um they just moved in together and they are like the most adorable couple <laughs> sweet <laughs> that's awesome well i just want to say thank you so much kennedy for joining me tonight and letting me borrow a little bit of your time it's it's definitely been a blast uh, a lot more smooth than the other time we talked and I, I think it's just been so much fun having you here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. No problem. And thank you to all the listeners who kind of tuned in and tuned on and lended your ear, as the intro says. And, you know, it's only going to go up from here. So have a good night, and we'll see you later. Stay tuned, Acolytes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all ages, what an amazing show. Thank you for lending an ear and joining us. I'm the host, Ray Rumsey, and if you want to hear more interviews, simply head to anywhere podcasts are heard, Facebook or Twitter, and search The Leo Effects, with an A, not an E. If you'd like to hear me doing silly voices and making a general fool of myself, head over to Shattered Dungeons on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We live stream every Tuesday night. More projects are in the works. For now, stay tuned for more interviews. To book yourself as a guest, you can head to theleoeffects.wixsite.com slash podcast or send me an email at theleoeffects at gmail.com. Remember, this has been The Leo Effects, and great shows require great listeners, just like you. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.